The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Radio Show, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, we finish our three-part series on the heart. We'll give you the latest information on how you can control your blood pressure. Plus, later we'll find out what's happening around town. But first up, we continue our series on heart health. And joining us today is nutritional consultant and certified natural health professional, Valerie Hall. Valerie appears in front of thousands of people each year and speaks on a variety of topics, as well as giving many seminars at Mother's Market. She's such a wealth of health and nutritional knowledge, we want to get right to her. Welcome back, Valerie. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me back. Before we get to today's topic, please fill our audience in on your background in nutrition. I've been studying for about 17 years, and the longer I study nutrition, the more I realize that everything we've been told is wrong. So I like to clarify things and tell people what the real deal is for food and for supplements and ways we can support our health naturally. Today we conclude our series on heart health. Heart disease is the leading cause of death among men and women in the United States. We've tackled circulation and cholesterol. Today we're going to learn about blood pressure. Balancing our blood pressure is a common problem. Valerie, what are some of the factors that influence blood pressure? Well, there are quite a few things. Food. In fact, one study showed that about 80% of people see a benefit in their blood pressure when they give up starch and sugar and increase vegetables. So there's strategy number one, change what you're eating. The next thing that can really involve blood pressure is stress because stress is supposed to raise blood sugar. It's a normal physiological response. When the cortisol hormone, the stress hormone gets released, that gets us ready for fight or flight and it clamps down the little muscles around the capillaries and the blood vessels. So that automatically raises blood pressure. The problem arises when we're stressed out all the time and then blood pressure stays high all the time. Um, plaque in the arteries, when that cholesterol plaque gets out of control, it really starts to narrow the tubes through which our blood can flow, and then that can raise the blood pressure. Hardening of the arteries also will raise blood pressure. This is a calcification issue where calcium can get into the arterial walls and the cholesterol plaque, and then it's like the arteries are lined with cement and they can't expand and contract the way they're supposed to. And there's a new study on vitamin K2 as MenaQ7, which shows that it helps to remove calcium from the arteries and get it back on the bone. So you can find that brand under Doctor's Best Vitamins at Mother's Market. They're vitamin K2. So if you're already have calcium in the arteries, that's an excellent nutritional strategy to, to benefit. And then the other thing is salt intake. Salt, sodium, and potassium are influenced in what they call the sodium-potassium pump. Sodium pumps fluid into cells and potassium pumps it out. So if you have too much sodium or not enough potassium, then you can really end up putting too much pressure in the cell, which actually raises pressure throughout the whole system. So very interesting that that sodium can sometimes be involved. And then the thickness of blood is also involved. If the blood is getting thicker and stickier, either because of dehydration or high blood sugar, or too much fibrin and sticky gunk in the, in the blood itself, then that can also raise blood pressure. So those are some of the main causes of high blood pressure. Wow. Well, it sounds very detailed and you gave a good description. What are the potential problems in the body itself that can lead to high blood pressure? One of the issues is how much blood volume, or in other words, how much blood we have in the body. 
One of the issues for people as we gain weight, if we become larger, then we have more blood because we need it to get oxygen and nutrients to all those cells, and that increases blood pressure. That's why weight and blood pressure are very strongly linked. The resistance of the walls of the of the blood vessels. So if you've got a lot of uneven, a lot of gunk in there, plaque perhaps, or calcium in the arteries, that causes more resistance to the blood flow itself, and that can also raise, be a, a problem for bl high blood pressure. The thickness of the fluid, as I mentioned earlier. So we want to keep that blood flowing smoothly. We want it to be the right viscosity and not too thick. So those are some of the actual body features that might uh, lead to high blood pressure. So when you talk about weight, you're actually talking about my physical body weight. So blood volume, weight, physical. That's why I should keep my body weight down. Absolutely. In fact, there's a huge link between weight gain uh, blood pressure and heart health in general, and blood sugar. Those three are all very interconnected. Okay, okay, I understand. So uh, how is blood pressure measured, and what are the number ranges? Blood pressure is sometimes referred to as arterial blood pressure, and it's actually the pressure exerted by circulating blood upon the walls of the blood vessels. It's one of the principal vital signs, and during each heartbeat, the blood pressure varies between a maximum, which is called the systolic, and a minimum called the diastolic pressure. There are a lot of things that affect this, and people can have varying blood pressure even during the same day. If they get stressed out, then their blood pressure will go up. Gravity can also affect blood pressure. So that's why sometimes people feel faint when they go from sitting to standing, and that's a blood pressure variation that can happen. And then it's, it's actually too pronounced when that's happening. The valves in the veins and how well they're able to return the blood up to the heart can also be involved. Breathing also affects our, our blood pressure. Deep breathing is one of the best things we can do. Nice, slow, deep breaths, very calming for blood pressure. And then also the pumping from our skeletal muscles. So when we exercise, that tends to influence the pressure in our veins as well. Okay, well, I, I never know what those numbers mean. So how do you figure that out? Well, there's a whole... Uh, group of different things in the way that they label it. So here's what the normal blood pressure is supposed to be. The systolic, or the first number, should be between 90 and 119, and the second number, or diastolic, should be between 60 and 79. Those are considered normal. If it is, it is considered low blood pressure, which does affect some people, sometimes from weakness in the heart, um, but, but sometimes it's not really considered a problem unless it's causing symptoms. And low blood pressure is considered any systolic that is less than 90 and any diastolic that is less than the number 60. And then they have a variety of different ranges, um, pre-hypertension, which is uh, 120 to 139, over, one, over, over 80 to 89, that kind of thing. And then they've got stage 1, 2, and hypertensive crisis, which they consider the systolic being over 180 and the diastolic being over 110. So those are some of the different classifications. They have a really nice chart on Wikipedia if you want to, to take a look at that for your own knowledge. Well, thanks. Thank you, Valerie. Great information. And right now, it's time to take a quick break and more on heart health with Valerie. Just a minute. Stay with us. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high-quality, great-tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal? To provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. 
Fan favorites include non-GMO peanut butter pretzel bites, organic dried mango slices, and organic dark chocolate peanut clusters. Stop into your local Mother's Market today to explore all the varieties and pick some up to try for yourself. Let's talk menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. These shouldn't be taboo topics. They're the normal life phases we move through as women. And Solaray delivers support every step of the way with her life stages. The first of its kind comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor formulated solutions at each stage with clinically backed ingredients you can count on. Own the stage. Buy Solaray at Mother's Market today. Welcome back to the Mother's Market Radio Show, and we want to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can always find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market or download the podcast from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click on the link for radio and listen to past shows, plus download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with nutritional consultant Valerie Hall. We're talking about blood pressure as it relates to heart health. Valerie, what do you suggest as a strategy to promote normal blood pressure? There are quite a few things we can do. First of all, we can choose better food, of course, very important. Um, We can avoid those starches and sugars and get a lot more vegetables in. That would be an excellent key to supporting normal blood pressure. Reduce stress, and we'll talk about some strategies for that here in a moment. Drink plenty of water and avoid that soda pop. Boy, soda is just a destructive force. It's going to be hurting the blood pressure in terms of creating too much sugar in the blood, which increases the viscosity, which is harder for the heart to pump. Um, Avoid traditional table salt. Boy, we shouldn't be eating that at all. I really like a variety of the good sea salts, uh, pimp pink Himalaya salt, Celtic sea salt, very healthy. But even those should be restricted if you've already been, uh, if you already have some sort of an issue with high blood pressure. And then, but they have a lot of really good herbal combinations and they have some at Mother's Market. So you can still give your food a lot of taste without the sodium of the table salt. And then there's, of course, our variety of nutritional supports that we're going to discuss. So there's a lot of things we can do to help to promote normal blood pressure in the body. Well, that's all great information. What are some of the things that we can do to decrease stress? First thing, avoid caffeine. Caffeine is a huge stress producer in the body. And if you're sensitive, then, you know, your coffee and and things like that, soda pop, even chocolate. I'm sorry for that piece of bad news, but... (laughs) Don't cry. It's okay. (laughs) Um, Those can be a problem for stress because they they put us on edge. Well, should you only drink caffeine at certain times of the day, like our early risers, or should we avoid it altogether? What is your advice there? It really all depends on the person. We all have varying sensitivities to that. And too much caffeine isn't good for anybody, but it's highly addictive. It's very addictive. So, you know, when I was in college, I started drinking coffee, and by the time I was done, I was drinking five cups a day. (laughs) Oops. And then I learned about nutrition and I gave that up and uh, and switched to tea, which I only have maybe one or two cups of of tea per day. So I've definitely, and I drink a lot of water and that's really my, that's the beverage of choice. When I used to give that to my daughters in their lunch, they'd say, why can't we have a sugary drink like all of our friends? (laughs) But I mean, if you have to have it, 
does it matter if you drink it in the morning? What's the best answer? If you're going to drink your caffeine at night, it's going to really interfere with your sleep for most people. So definitely, and most people can handle one cup of coffee in the morning. Some can't. And if you have blood pressure considerations, it certainly might be a good idea to experiment with your own body and see if you don't do better. If people do have already existing blood pressure considerations, I highly recommend they get a blood pressure cuff and do some testing at home. Because since stress can raise blood pressure, sometimes people get that white collar effect when they go into the doctor's office and they're stressed out. Oh no, what's my blood pressure going to be? And they get stressed out and it makes their blood pressure raise. So so there's uh, get one at home and, and test because it can be a different at different times of day. There are a lot of things that influence that, the circadian rhythm of our sleep patterns. A lot of things might potentially influence. So figuring out where it is at home, maybe testing after eating certain foods because uh, food sensitivities can also cause some problems and artificial food uh, chemicals, things like that. Some other things we can do to help to avoid stress would be avoiding those food chemicals because those, you know, food dye in particular is some, and artificial sweeteners end up being extremely detrimental to us in a variety of different ways. Another thing that's good to keep in mind, don't overcommit yourself. My goodness, do we ever fall into that trap here sometimes? And, oh, I can do that, I can do that, I can do that. And soon, ever you've got so much on your plate, it's hard to get anything done. So don't overcommit. Deep breathing is a great, great help for your blood pressure and for the way you feel. You know, it only takes about a minute for your blood to travel from the heart all the way through the system and back to the heart again. So nothing can help you feel better faster than deep breaths. So it's a wonderful thing when you lay down to go to bed at night and so forth. And then there are a variety of wonderful slow stretching exercises exercises, particularly yoga and Tai Chi. If I do my yoga a couple times a week, my stress levels are down for the entire week. So it's an excellent way to help combat stress. I highly recommend those. There's a variety of supplements. We're going to discuss magnesium, suntheanine, L-tryptophan, chamomile tea. There are a lot of things we can do to decrease our stress. Magnesium's a nice relaxer in general for both body and mind and for cramping. It's also recommended for normal blood pressure because it helps to relax the little blood vessels that are the muscles around the blood vessels. So in addition to that, it helps with stress, feelings of stress and anxiety and worry. So I love magnesium. Get the one by Dr. Doctor's Best Vitamins that is at Mother's Market called High Absorption Magnesium. It is head and shoulders above the others when it comes to absorption, and it's very gentle on the digestive tract, so it's a, it's a great magnesium. Uh, how much magnesium should we take, and do we need to take calcium along with it? You don't need calcium if you're taking magnesium, but if you're taking calcium, then you do need magnesium. I like at least 400 milligrams a day, and a lot of people feel better at 600 milligrams a day. But you may want to start slow and build up if you have a sensitive digestive tract and let your body get used to more magnesium, even in the more gentle one by Doctors Best. But excellent for stress in general. Sun theanine is a wonderful one, and you can find this at Mother's Market by Natural Factors. And sun theanine is a trademark name of the amino acid L-theanine, which is extracted from green tea leaves, it promotes mental calmness and focus without making you drowsy. Perfect for daytime stress. You can drive, you can go to work, you can go to school. It's great for kids who are uh, a little too active as well. So magnesium and suntheanine are excellent supplements for stress. Now, can we get suntheanine in green tea? How does that work? You can. That's one of the components, but you do also get a little caffeine with the green tea as well. So they kind of offset each other a bit. Um, but you can get the plain suntheanine as a supplement, both as a chewable wafer or as a capsule. 
L-tryptophan is now available, and that's at Mother's Market as well, and that's excellent for sleep because it promotes uh, serotonin, and then that turns into melatonin when the light stops hitting our eyes and helps us with our sleep patterns. And don't underestimate the value of good old-fashioned chamomile tea. Great for stress. And that's something you can drink at night. And how can you make that taste better for the kids? Yes, you can get some vanilla stevia drops, and those are available at Mother's, and just two drops of vanilla stevia in that chamomile tea makes it taste great. They also make one by Celestial Seasons that's called their um, honey vanilla chamomile tea, and it tastes great. Yeah, you got to make it taste better for the kids. It's all about the kids. So, Valerie, what are the top nutritional supplements you can recommend to promote healthy blood pressure? Well, there's magnesium, which is the first one we recommended, and I like the one by Doctors Best there. It's very absorbable, Albion Minerals, and that relaxes the little muscles around the blood vessels, and it's very important for heartbeat rhythm as well. Next, L-arginine. L-arginine is sometimes referred to as a vasodilator, which means it makes the veins and arteries expand. So that really is very helpful for blood pressure. So um, L-arginine is good for circulation in general, and you can find several brands of that at Mother's Market. Does that mean plaque won't build up? What it means is that it is expanding so that now you don't have as much pressure against the arterial walls uh, and, the, and the vein walls. So it, by expanding and opening up circulation, blood pressure goes up when those things get tight, when, when, when the muscles are clamping down. And so this L-arginine promotes the production of nitric oxide, and nitric oxide naturally relaxes the little muscles around the blood vessels. So the next one on my list is natokinase. Natokinase can really help when there's too much thickness in the blood. It's a specific enzyme from the fermented soy food called natto, and it eats up those when there's excessive amounts of fibrin or fibrin that's cross-linking with protein, and that's the building block of a blood clot. So it can really help with the viscosity of blood and keeping it thinner so that it circulates well. Remember that the thickness of the blood also influences blood pressure because then it becomes more difficult for the heart to pump, and it has to pump harder. Alfalfa is a wonderful support. What a miracle plant alfalfa is, and you can get this in capsules or tablets. It's fairly inexpensive, and it's an excellent potassium donor. So alfalfa helps, too, with that sodium-potassium balance in the body. It's also very alkalizing as a nutrient because it's a green. Alfalfa is an interesting plant because the root just keeps growing down lower and lower and pulling up more and more minerals while they chop the tops off all the time, but the roots just keep going deeper and deeper. Let me ask you, how do you know when you're balanced with, how do you know when you don't have enough sodium or potassium? Sometimes testing procedures show that at a doctor's office, and sometimes after people have a heart event, doctor says, yes, you need to restrict salt. And sometimes they don't say that. So it is very, I'm, I'm not sure exactly why they come to which conclusion, but sometimes they look at the blood and see that there's not enough potassium or too much sodium, etc. But sodium is kind of misunderstood. But when it comes to regular table salt, don't be afraid of sodium in vegetables. We need that. That's It's one of our major alkalizing minerals, in fact. So it's not that sodium is bad. It's just that it's a flip side of potassium. So when people have either too much sodium or not enough potassium, I really like alfalfa as an excellent supplement for them. Does it does it matter what age you are and how much sodium you intake? I'm glad that you brought that up because, you know, age automatically increases our blood pressure. And yet they try to get people who are older down to the ranges when they were 30 and no one's going to have the same blood pressure at 60 or 70 that they had when they were 30. 
And so it's a natural thing for blood pressure to go up a little bit. And keep in mind that blood pressure is there to deliver oxygen and nutrients to all of our cells. And that's an important thing. Again, our body is always trying to do what it thinks is right. But managing things in terms of, you know, preventing the interference, preventing the foods that are perhaps interfering, taking a few key nutritional supplements that can really support, I think, make a big difference. But yes, it may be a good idea to decrease the amount of salt that you use as you get older, or at least make sure that you're choosing a healthier salt and not, you know, because some of these salts are actually quite good for us. Traditional table salt is not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then a couple of other supplements that are really good to promote healthy blood pressure. Vitamin K2, as I mentioned earlier, helps to remove the calcium from the arteries in a new study that was published by the trademarked ingredient of vitamin K2 called MenaQ7. And I would recommend going to their website if you want more information on that. It's spelled Mena is M-E-N-A. And then the letter Q, and then the number 7, Mena Q7. And that's the type of vitamin K2 that Doctors Best has in Mother's Market. And lastly, celery seed. As I mentioned uh, in an earlier program, there are some natural diuretics, and diuretics help us to excrete water from the system. And they include celery, so eating celery or using a celery seed supplement, or watermelon is another good natural diuretic, and beer. That's our good use for beer. <laughs> that's why we run to the bathroom all the time when we start to drink beer. <laughs> So those are some of the uh, nutritional supports that we might use to help maintain healthy blood pressure. So in the words of my classic producer, Mike, so tie a bow on the three-part series on the heart. What are the main things that you can do for your heart? Those would be, number one, fish oil or some sort of an omega-3 from the ocean. Uh, I think that's just key. And I like about 3,000 milligrams a day of fish oil with with a lot of DHA in it. I think those are going to be some good strategies. There are a lot of good brands at Mother's, Nordic Naturals, Carlson, Ascenta, Doctors Best has an excellent calamari, Natural Factors. So there are some very good ones out there. Next thing I would like to see is CoQ10. CoQ10 is such a valuable nutrient for the heart muscle itself. And number three, magnesium, because of its impact on the heartbeat rhythm, on the blood pressure balance in the body, on stress. I think it's one of the it's one of the key deficiencies in our country. So if people just wanted to go with three things that would be very supportive for their health, Fish oil, magnesium, and CoQ10. And keep up exercise and don't stress too much. Eat right. Absolutely right. We want to be we want to be chill. We want to be having a good time. We want to be avoiding the starch and sugar and eating a lot of vegetables. That's a great support for, for our overall heart health. So those are some great strategies to promote healthy heart in the body. <laughs> Thank you so much, Valerie, for your time. We really appreciate your knowledge. And of course, we look forward to having you on again. But in the meantime, you can get more information on Valerie on her website, ValerieHallNutrition.com and learn more about her natural approach to making us all healthier. And of course, we look forward to our next visit. Thank you so much. If you've ever enjoyed the delicious food inside our kitchen, you may have tried this tasty dish. Now you can make it yourself. This recipe is for black bean chili with lime cream sauce. The preparation time is about 30 minutes and it makes six servings. You start with a pound of cooked black beans, one half cup white onion diced, one half cup green bell pepper diced, 
one half cup red bell pepper diced, one cup fresh diced tomatoes, two tablespoons olive oil, one tablespoon cumin, three cloves of garlic peeled and minced, one teaspoon chili powder, one teaspoon paprika, one teaspoon oregano, one teaspoon Tabasco sauce, one bunch of fresh cilantro minced, and two cups of tomato puree canned. There's also lime cream sauce, which contains one cup of low-fat sour cream, the juice from one lime, and grated zest from half of a lime. So the first step is to clean your black beans and place them in a pot filled three quarters of the way with water, and you cook them on the stove over a low fire for approximately one hour or until soft in the middle, and drain the water and set your black beans aside. And in the pot, you're going to place the olive oil and add the garlic and spices, until fragrant, add all the vegetables and cook five to eight minutes or until tender. Then add back in the black beans, the tomato puree and Tabasco. Allow all the ingredients to simmer over a low fire for 25 minutes. Serve with two tablespoons of the lime cream sauce on the top and it goes great with Mexican style rice and a salad. This is black bean chili with lime cream sauce by Mother's Marketing Kitchen. Thanks for listening to the Mother's Market Radio Show and for shopping at Mother's Market. The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Mm-hmm.